Hi everyone and welcome to the 91st episode of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hello. And Spencer. I'm here with a cookie. Mm. He's eating a cookie apparently. No, 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 no. I'm not eating this. That'd be barbaric. I'm You're just, just staring at it. Yeah, I'm just with the cookie. I can't believe we're on our 91st episode. I mean, like, we only have nine until we reach the 100th. Look at that, Lauren. You're that, saying nine as if it's not nine months from now. Yeah, that's, 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 that's still quite a long time period. <laughs> it's true, but still, I mean, like, I can't believe it. I, I still Plus, the more we bring attention to it, it the more just, uh, like, pressure it is on Daryl to actually numbers. do something on the 100th episode. What, like one? I mean, yes. I mean, it's going to be tough, though, because we're going to have to live up that, uh, that uh, April Fool's episode everyone loves so much. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Not like we were uh, getting bashed by that other podcast about that. Yeah, I don't know if you guys knew that. They were bashing us on KHU, saying we didn't were do enough. Eh, it's not you cool. know what? It's not cool. More people have left that one than this one, probably. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's probably true. Also, little do they know, uh, don't don't tell anybody, the next episode, uh, it will just be all of their recording, but uh, chicken noises put over it instead. That would be interesting. That would be yep. very interesting. And totally kidding, I completely love the KHU podcast. Kinemon, students forever. Yeah. 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 Go Brandon and Chiro. And those other girls. It's not their fault that they don't have any news. They, they love the broadcasts. It's true, I think they, they like it a little too much, though. I'm just yeah. going to say. No, no. They are, they are fully, fully bro love. <laughs> that's what I meant. I think that's what yeah. They, yeah. they like it a little too much. Anyway. Anyway. So, um, the last episode, yes, we didn't really do any April Fools, but what we did do was have quite a big discussion about Square Enix and where we think they're going wrong, and apparently Square Enix agreed, because about the day after the show came out, they launched a statement pretty much saying everything that we said. So that was quite interesting, and that's going to be our featured discussion to talk about that statement and um, talk about how we were right. Yeah. Because that's, that's how we roll. Yeah. Um, after that, we're going to go have we're going to have a burning question segment. Unfortunately, the person we wanted to have on for the quiz kind of we can get hold of him at the last minute, so we had to cancel the segment this episode. But we will be bringing it back next episode, next episode hopefully. But the burning question is going to be relating to Lightning Returns and Final Fantasy X HD, and then we've got some questions after that. Hmm. Yeah. And as always, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network and TweaksMusic.com. It comes on the iTunes Store, FinalFantasyUnion.com, and GamingUnion.net. And before we move on to that feature discussion, I'd like to kind of tell you about a bit more about our Patreon. So if you go to Patreon, which is uh, patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion, then you can kind of donate to us and help us basically pay for the upkeep of the show. And thank you to everybody who has already donated money to us. Um, we we completely, fully appreciate your support and love you guys. Yeah, we'll be putting some links in the um, the show uh, when we post up on social networks on the site. So if you want to find out more, just click the links and uh, and go from there. Yeah. Also, if you uh, pay, you can tell your friends you're an executive producer of something then. Because that, that, that basically makes you an executive producer. You produced mm-hmm. this with your dollar. That's very true. Yep. You could be a producer of Final Fantasy Union. Definitely. See, you could be like, Mom, I've done something with my life. <laughs> I've made three producer. strangers talk about a video game. Yeah. So, featured discussion. Square Enix admit that they are losing focus, or that they have lost focus in the past. So, we had a massive discussion. I think it was at the end of the episode about this. It was, it was, that, it was that like last question I wanted to ask because yeah. about the MPDs, which, by the way, I was, I was actually right this time with our bet. I looked it. About, fi- about Final Fantasy X selling better. 
But everyone knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, no, they did not. I mean, I, I, I think maybe they thought it before Lightning Returns came out, but I think Lightning Returns really low numbers. Like, I was a little bit worried about how that game was going to do. So, yeah. Uh, we went on a massive debate about Square Enix losing focus on why they're kind of in this situation with Lightning Returns starting really badly and mm. um, kind of what they've, how they've gone wrong. And uh, Yosuke Matsuda, who is the new CEO, basically came out and said, yep. So uh, <laughs> You guys were right. <laughs> yeah, so um, he's had a massive statement, and um, I think some of it's kind of been a bit changed after the fact, right, Spencer? Yeah, like yeah. originally it was more kind of putting the blame on the Western studio games. And it's not really the game's fault, but more of like kind of the mismanagement of how they were trying to advertise it. Yeah. Because... I think back then when Square Enix acquired IDOS, they thought, we're going to keep doing Final Fantasy in the direction we want with thirteen, But with these uh, new IDOS franchises, they basically thought, okay, these are big-name franchises that we're bringing back, so we got to make these AAA and go all out, which they really did not need to. It ended up biting them in the ass in the end. Which this yeah. clearly well, it, shows. It kind of works in some ways, but not others. So no, yeah, like on some ways, like the weird one I always think is weird because people always tie in Tomb Raider, which makes sense, but eventually broke even after the Definitive Edition. And Hitman, Hitman never made any sense because Hitman actually is the best-selling Hitman of all time and had longer legs than any of the other games released. Yeah, it's just I think it's just the whole the problem with them is um, the development costs. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, because IO were, like, doing a whole new engine and other stuff yeah. like that. But another weird one is, I think people forget Deus Ex. Deus Ex really did, did yeah. crazy well. Yeah. And you can't forget, as well, that Square Enix were a big proponent to the new Batman games. Yeah. Mm. They published the first one. No, they didn't. That was IDOS's last game before Square Enix bought them. But that's basically the point. <laughs> if it wasn't for them buying them, but they, we never would have had more Batman. Square Enix didn't change much. Mm. After they bought IDOS, it was only afterwards that they started kind of doing a bit more. I, w- I always wonder though, what would happen if IDOS still published it? I don't think the Batman games would have continued on though. It's interesting though. I mean, I'm 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 really kind of happy that. Well, no, I'm I'm really happy that um, they basically come out and sort of said this. I know a lot of people have been fighting it though, like saying, you know. Oh no, they're they're better. The the games are better. The games are better. Blah 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 blah. Like thirteen wasn't as bad as you guys say it is, and and it's true. Maybe people like there probably are it's, a lot of people. Well, the who problem really with thirteen like is that like it's not a bad game, but it's bad compared to what came before. Yeah, that, and I know issue. that we keep like counting on about that, but like these were the games that worked. Like honestly, like saying that Final Fantasy six is is not as good Final Fantasy 6 or Final Fantasy 7 is like not as good storytelling or gameplay than Final Fantasy 13 like that that's just silly talk <laughs> like the stories in those were good for a reason and they like rejuvenated Squaresoft for a reason you know like there there was a reason why these games were so good and there's a reason why people are unhappy with Final Fantasy 13 yeah so basically i mean like it's it's a whole culture shift in Square Enix and it's, it's the whole wada regime was about money yeah. and making as much money and obviously that's the whole purpose of a video game publisher yeah actually yeah like Square Enix's um north american like i think it was either CFO or like someone up there along those lines 
actually like came out and talked about that recently like oddly like enough like some uh piracy blog talked to him about it and he, and he was just like straight up saying we are a video game company and like any company we are we may, we want to make money that is exactly. our number one goal but i think the problem that square enix has is that they forgot why they were making the money yeah and it's like it, it's that whole kind of that really bad endless cycle where you need to make a certain amount of money to keep afloat yeah. And then you've got, like, the way that you do it. Like, they, So basically the CEO was looking at the previous regime and thinking, well, they had such a big focus on these things. And then the problem was that they, they expanded too much and they didn't really understand what they were doing anymore like, yeah. or why they were doing it. So he basically came out and said that in the past couple of years, we've, uh, well, probably a bit more than that, we've developed console games for a worldwide audience. But the problem with doing that is that we've lost our focus. And not only did we end up making games that weren't right for the Japanese market, but we also ended up making games that weren't complete and they weren't even fit for a global audience. Mm-hmm. And he kind of mentioned Hitman Absolution in this in this sense because, and I think for him that was a really standout title because Hitman was a very niche game. Mm. Like It sold quite well, but Hitman fans had very clear expectations of what they would want from a Hitman game. Yeah. Now, Square Enix were thinking, well, this is a big franchise. We can make this sell loads more than it has previously. Let's just make it try and appeal to everyone. Yeah. And then the Hitman fans don't like it. Obviously, Square Enix invested a lot of money into it, and it didn't do as well as they expected it to, because everyone was like, well, what is this? It's, yeah. like, not Hitman, but it's... Well, all right. Well, to be fair, though, as, like, someone who is, like, a, a big Hitman fan... It had. It's not. I don't think I've ever met anyone who is a big Hitman fan who's played Absolution. Said this is a bad game. It is bad in terms of like it's missing a lot of those like really hardcore Hitman mechanics that are from like the previous games that yeah. you really grew up great... on. But never once like did I, if I've ever met anyone who was playing Hitman Absolution like this is this is a bad game. It's like it's it's yeah, not it that average. it's a bad game. It's just the fact that like I mean. It, it's sort of silly the way they did it because it's just like oh we wanted to appeal to we want to appeal to a whole audience instead of just the they, brand they had, but then yeah. it's just like the people who the people who um, play the Hitman games and are a fan of the Hitman games already you still want them to buy the games because those people you always know will buy the games so you want them to still be fans of it you don't want to change it so much that not even they're sort of like into it if you know what i mean oh no i mean i mean i know i totally know what you mean i mean for one of the reasons that the hitman hd collection was done and planned Mm -hmm. to release about two three months before absolution Mm -hmm. the only reason it didn't was because io knew how different it was and that's why they pushed the release three months after it because if you played all three of those games before absolution it would be much more jarring than if you played absolution and were like oh okay Exactly, and that's also, I would imagine, why the Final Fantasy X HD release was put back to after Lightning Returns, because they were such, like, they, they basically aren't even recognisable as the same franchise. Mm. Mm, I don't know, I, I feel like it was especially... They could have released that at any point. I feel like, yeah, I, I feel that, honestly, they I feel it would have been better for them to release 10 HD, because I felt like... It would have I, I don't inspired know, you guys, people to try out Lightning Returns. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like put an advert in there because I don't know about you guys, but with the whole, I, I feel I don't know why they did this, but Square Enix put so much more effort, at least in North America, it seems, with leading up to the release of the Final Fantasy X than they did with uh, Lightning Returns. I think they, and they I knew. They knew. Well, I mean, even even though if you say that, it's like 
it's kind of weird, like, because either way you look at it in terms of quality, you've clearly dumped much more money into uh, Lightning Returns than you did than you did with uh, Final Fantasy X. Yeah. Yeah, and but so maybe, it was, maybe maybe it was a case of like writing off losses in that sense, yeah. because they maybe they thought, well, if we do a lot of marketing and it doesn't have much return, then that's going to be a complete waste of money. True, and also I think another big thing is just due to the fact that it's weird that they had so many huge events for this game's release. Like, obviously, Square Enix, almost any first-party title they do, they'll have some sort of launch party or something like that. But the fact that, like, they went and did basically, like, a world tour release with the executive producer and had a, even an art show, like, mm-hmm. down in California, like, that was that was a crazy amount of detail. And, like, that wasn't a one-time art show. That, uh, that exhibit was up for, like, two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so um, Matsuda kind of to emphasize his point, which is kind of saying what we were talking about was, and he and he said that um, with that in mind, when you know talking about the global audience, um, and he was talking about how every single franchise that Square Enix operate under, so whether it's Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, Tomb Raider, Hitman, um, they're, they're a collective, and they're all very independent from each other. Like the chance, obviously, there will be people that fall into the group, but there won't be that. Uh, Tomb Raider doesn't appeal to Final Fantasy fans necessarily. Like they have completely different types of games, and while there will be people that like both, you wouldn't expect it as such. The same way you wouldn't expect people to like Hitman to like Dragon Quest. Let's say mm-hmm. um, they're they're all the different franchise fan bases, but the previous regime had made it all about. As he said, he said it was a sense of mass. So mm-hmm. everything was developed with a sense of mass market. Like, how can we get this to sell the maximum number that we possibly can and open it up to the maximum number of eyes that we can? Because we've got to compete on sales. And with that, he said that that whole mantra made everything lose its image of a niche. It didn't become a game about that franchise anymore. It became, how can we make this bigger? Yeah. So he basically said that they want to do a massive change internally. So for new games, he said, we'll be developing from this point on and this may sound a bit extreme, and we're, but we're talking about game, games like Final Fantasy. They're going to make them as heavy JRPG as they possibly can because that's what the fans were interested in. That's why they played Final Fantasy yeah. in the first place because it was a, a very heavily influenced Japanese game. It was designed for the Japanese market and that's why people liked it. And he believes that with that way, they can have a much bigger focus on their target and get better results because this is the game that people want. Yeah this is the game they will buy the funniest thing about it though as you were saying that I was just sort of thinking like Square Enix and Nidus really kind of had a tough time because um, yeah they were trying to do this but they chose three franchises specifically that have a sort of niche group like Hitman definitely has a niche group although I love the Hitman series I think that it's great um, but there are there are, there is a certain well, group of people who love it. Out there like Hitman, really. No, no, you could do anything. It's amazing. Um, Tomb Raider has its fanboys and fangirls, and there's people who will only play and those types of games. That's had a tough time in general. And then you have JRPGs. So really, I mean, there was no there was no sort of reason behind it other than other than like something as trivial as money for them to do that because they already had three niches that they that they could enter where it was like these specific people who love this t- like thing and yeah. then Deus Ex as well you could even and I think if you, it, the funny thing is if you look at them as well if you kind of look at the games that Square Enix has released over the last well this this last generation 
I'd say that Deus Ex was probably the one that had the least influence from Square Enix. Mm. It was because that was in development for quite a while. Yeah, Deus Ex um, had been like I think honestly, Deus Ex was kind of like in a South Park Ubisoft relationship where like they literally just they put out that game. Yeah, they and I know that else, but there was had. some influence in terms of like they got help with the engine. Like it was probably just been f- small improvements, but I don't think Square Enix had much of a clue about the direction of it. It was probably just like, well, how can we help you make it better? Yeah, kind of thing. What's your vision? It was very much an Idos Montreal product. Yeah, um, and that's pr- the one that did the best because it was designed to be t- played by Deus Ex fans. Like, yeah. It wasn't really designed as this massive catch-all entity. Besides, whereas, its, besides its garbage boss fights. Yeah, which they took out. Or they yes, changed but I, isn't it weird that they took two plus years to make a director's cut for that game? I never understood why that took so yeah. long. I think it's because they, they were wanting to put it on the Wii U, but then by the time they finally put it on there, no one wanted the Wii U yeah. version. <laughs> but then, like, also, you, also you... it is kind of like fair to point out with the whole um, Tomb Raider thing, because they've basically all up and said they're doing the second one without having really formally announced it. I just kind of realized something kind of weird. If someone had to like put a gun to my head and was like, what are you more excited for, Uncharted or Tomb Raider? Because we were like saying how they're basically those are the only two of those genres that are very popular these days mm. with all the Uncharted stuff isn't it kind of crazy to think that I, I'm, I have more faith right now in the new uh, Tomb Raider than I would <laughs> say the new Uncharted because half the team hasn't freaking left well yeah I mean the last Uncharted game anyway was kind of losing it as well like Uncharted 3 was not as good as Uncharted yeah, but 2 Uncharted 3 10 out of 10 forever Naughty, Naughty yeah. Dog are an interesting one though because every single time you think that they're gonna be, well how can they do like the yeah. last, then the last of us happened. This is like, all right, I know. okay. And you're just kind of like, whoa. <laughs> um, but kind of, yeah. Moving back, um, you know, Final Fantasy. If you look at the kind of history of that game, uh, ten was very much Japanese focused. Mm. Twelve was a, a kind of different mentality, and Western games loved it. It was more like a Western RPG in some, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Thirteen, they're like, wow, we really need to get those Western guys. That's where all the sales are coming from, and they started really changing the focus. And as that franchise has gone through there's been less clarity in what they're actually trying to achieve and yeah. they're, re- they're basically just chasing western sales because they've seen games like Mass Effect they've got these massive audiences yeah. and like, we want some of that but and that was the interesting with Matsuda because he was really pleased with Bravely Default which is the type of game that he said they want to be making more of moving forward and the reason that he said that is because it's something that they can it can have a get. It can have success on a smaller scale, and they're perfectly okay with that because that's the kind of game that the fans want. Yeah, you know that from his perspective, it's sold better than they expected, which means it's probably made quite a big profit based on the development costs. Yeah. Well, and also you have to remember there with the fact that they didn't publish it, they had all the game to really get with it. Since Nintendo came to them, like, because didn't Bravely Default by the time it came out in the West, wasn't it about a year and a half old? Yep. Yeah, like, they did not want that game to come out because they were like, they were in that mentality back then of, nope, 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 those games are not going to make any money, does not have Final Fantasy on it. And Nintendo was basically like, Nintendo was honestly, if you th- if you really take a look back at it, Nintendo was the reason that we are having this discussion to begin with. Yeah, yeah. and they've done that for so many other franchises as well. I mean, I think it, it's great in some ways that Nintendo have really wrestled control over the kind of Western market and and tried as hard as they can to get games from Japanese companies out. I mean, the fact that we're getting, like, the fact that we're getting Tomogachi, uh, wait, no, Tomodachi Life, like, A, is amazing, and B, I just found out that the 
there was a like you could have gay like romances like with same genders, but they called it a bug in the original Japanese release and then patched it out. But then they're actually they are putting it back in the game for the Western release. Like that is so forward thinking of Nintendo. And like I would not have like I would not have expected in a million years for them to like put that feature back in. Yeah. Without mm. at least like a hundred thousand like and, people and screaming also, like, at their door. Drag- Dragon Quest has done amazingly well since Nintendo took over publishing it in the West. Except yeah. ten. Yeah. Well <laughs> we don't talk about I think that I think I think Nintendo is just at the point where they want everyone to forget about ten. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I wanna kinda bring another point up to you guys, uh and I guess the listeners as well. With the whole focus on, like, smaller expectations, like, basically leading to, like, larger successes overall, how would you guys feel overall about Square basically becoming one of the nicher uh, publishers where they're going to have their big games, but their bread and butter is these hardcore JRPG or even just Japanese-inspired games where, like such as, like, NIS and Atlas and stuff like I think, that. I think they're in a slightly different situation because, obviously, they are, they do come from this bigger uh, thing, and they're part of, like, the big Japanese publisher network. So, obviously, you've got, like, Capcom and um, Konami, who are kind of up there with them. Obviously, Nice America are much smaller. And, yes, and but you also way- have to remember, like, that... That big Japanese one, Namco, Konami, Capcom, and Square Enix, they are so low right now. They've never been this low in their financial history, ever. Yeah, but I think that, well, the difference with Square Enix is that, um, and, and, well, Namco are, uh, are really, like, kind of bringing it out, though. Um, Na- Namco's doing better, but it took them a long time to realize it. But they, they've, it's what we said for a long time, they realized what they were doing wrong, and yeah. they realized that they were just publishing all these random games and trying to make all their games appeal to everyone and then they suddenly thought oh hang on wait a minute why don't we just do what we know people will want yeah and then you end up with games like Nino Kuni where it's like well this is a game that actually people are interested in and they've suddenly started realizing that oh hey wait people in the west do actually like playing the tales games and they will buy them yeah um and it's just like it's those kind of things that for us just seems like common sense and yeah. you know it's for years we've been saying like people buy Final Fantasy games because they're a Japanese-focused game. That's why people really like the Persona series. It's why people really like Disgaea. Because they're not aimed at us. And there are X amount of gamers in the West that don't want games that are, are like that. And it's it's like, that's the reason why there's the whole distinction between a Japanese RPG and a Western RPG, because they are very, very different. Most Western RPGs don't work in remotely the same way that a Japanese RPG does. And if you wanted a Japanese RPG to be a Western RPG, you just buy a Western RPG. Yeah. No, yeah, and, and and I get that, but my my whole real point about it is it's not really changing their like the way they're making their games or putting out their games too drastically, except for the fact that it they're really at the point where they've gotten the marketing at a much better place where it is now. They're starting to slowly grow back their fame that they lost over the last generation. But like they can't just go big with like these huge releases and then you're just stuck with hundreds of copies that no one is going to buy forever it's like it is kind of, i i like that mentality of when an atlas game or a nice game or like even exceed game when those come out all of your fans are going to buy them at once so you put out one run and like they know that like you can't go into a target and just expect to like ask, ask yeah. for conception to and find it it's, and yeah. like they're slowly doing that with like no like besides amazon which was the last place you could buy Final Fantasy XIV's Collector's Edition, like, they've basically all but said, Collector's Editions from now on are only from us. 
We don't want to. We don't want to go through anyone else. It's too much work. And honestly, he was like, I think what was the last one? Like Final Fantasy Thirteen Two. That collection edition was like bargained in by like six months, and there were still tons left over. Yeah, I think. I think. I mean, they've always kind of done that. I mean, you look at something like Dragon Guard. It's one of the, the kind of bread and butter franchises, and they've always kind of had them over the years. You've got like the Chrono series. You've got Secret of Mana. Um, they they've always kind of existed, and they've always been playing second fiddle to like Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest in a way. But even those have died down. I think you know, there was the whole thing with Yuichi Wada when like the World Ends with You came out, and it, he was just like, "Well, it's critically acclaimed, but it didn't really sell anything, so we're not going to do those anymore." Yeah. It's like, well, it doesn't really. That's <laughs> it's not that helpful. Like you, no. you, you need, and it's one of the problems that Capcom had, where and, and it's why like Inafune left Capcom because they they their entire business model is about like bleeding franchises dry. Mm-hmm. They hate the uh, implementation of new uh, new products and new franchises because it's too much of a financial risk for them. But it means that you know the majority of Capcom franchises are basically just running themselves into the ground. Exactly. I mean, if there's if there's any besides Dead Rising and Street Fighter, well, well they've got a new Street Fighter Four coming out again. <laughs> oh no! I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, those are the two Capcom franchises that make money anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. De- Dead Dead Rising because Microsoft exclusive basically made that series relevant again, and Street Fighter because FGC fans are crazy. Yeah, because well, you got yeah. The, well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, the, outside of that, they don't really have. Like, they've got lots of like yeah. They, they've got Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura, um, <laughs> Phoenix Wright. That's a good movie. Yeah. Ace Attorney. Um, yes, but that that's kind of like them. We were slowly realizing that like they have a smaller audience and can't really relate to it. And just in case anyone gets mad that I didn't say Resident Evil, I think we are at a turning point with Resident Evil yeah. where it's where it's hard to really say where the future's going. And mm. I was with Revelations and what they were talking about with Seven. I was sort of hopeful, but now after that kind of leak rumor announcement from a Japanese newspaper about how Resident Evil 7 is getting announced at E3 and is already projected to sell 5.7 million copies. I'm like, what? Okay, Come on, I guys. Gotta yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't do not do that. Like, don't do that to yourself. Like, when Resident Evil 6 sells 6 million copies and is still a failure, sort it out. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. that had like 600 development staff, didn't it? Ridiculous. It and they still do. Yeah. They still have a ridiculous. Like that is their that is the only thing they've been working on, besides Deep Down, which is basically the same game engine. Yeah. But either way, like mo- moving away from the whole Capcom thing, and like wrapping up my whole point about like how I like they've been going more into a consumer focused and smaller groups. By doing that, like we would have never like seen like the way they do the collector's editions now i like because they're a lot more intimate i think and they include yeah. a lot more stuff that you like as well as the, the smaller things like the art book cover the the art book covering which by the way was first in hitman which like no one noticed they were like oh kingdom hearts did this first is so cool no the the hitman art book cuz like no one bought the hitman hd collection <laughs> but uh no that like just the art book case covering stuff it's just really cool fan service that people really appreciate it's like anytime an atlas game comes out there's a soundtrack in it yeah it's not the full soundtrack but it's free so you're already getting more than you're bargained for yeah yeah i think that's the it's those kind of franchises and all those publishers that really kind of connect with their fans like same with Tecmo as well like Tecmo Koei they they really know what their fans want mm-hmm. and it's why like Dynasty Warriors everyone like takes the mick out of it because of what it is but Dynasty Warriors fans love it oh my they, gosh, I don't know yeah. I don't know anyone who's played Dynasty Warriors 8 and has not enjoyed it 
exactly and i like they they do enough to to like make it still relevant and but it it doesn't they don't shoot they don't they don't go oh we're going to make this a triple a game this time because they know that they're not going to get enough sales it's it's just yeah. like it's just dumb yeah. like they could really improve the quality really pump a load of money into the development of it but they know that it's not going to sell like 8 million copies because it's dynasty warriors yeah it's it's going to sell like a decent number yeah man yeah like if you think an atlas game is hard to find a box copy of find a tecmo koei box copy exactly the, those are literally i i think one per store unless it's mm. been pre-ordered but yeah so matsuda kind of rounded out by saying that we square enix want to go back to their roots and focus on their core audience groups but they still want to work hard on making that but they basically want to work hard on making content that the fans of each of those groups can say stuff like this is the hitman that we know and love. Mm-hmm. But obviously they do want to open it up to new audiences because that's how it works. Yeah. Like you can't just keep harping on the, the, the same games that keep getting older and older. But that's the thing, then. Like, I, I think it's just a lot of the times how these franchises open up to more people is by word of mouth and people advertising it. There's so many people that I know who are gamers who I sort well, of try, I like, try to talk to them about, like, Final Fantasy, and they're just like, oh, why are there so many Final Fantasies? And they don't, they don't know anything about it. But when you explain to them or introduce them to it, they start to understand and they start to like it more, and then they start getting to be a part of it. And it just turns into this, like, nice little path or stream of yeah. people who all can enjoy this game. I mean, like... I've introduced a bunch of people to Final Fantasy um, and well, Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts. Hearts. Well, like the Kingdom Hearts community Kingdom Hearts is, is a great very one. Strong. Kingdom Hearts is a great one to introduce gamers to, like who aren't really familiar with the JRPG uh, I think genre. In, in, in many ways, like Matsuda's final point was that he felt that going this way was the best way for development studios to display their strengths. And it, in some ways, Kingdom Hearts is the only franchise that that. It, it, it sounds like he was alluding to the fact that the developers haven't had the chance to do what they want to do. Like mm. they've had so many pressures from producers and like higher ups saying, "You've got to sell this much. You've got to make your game appeal to these people. Like, yeah. We don't care what you want to do as long as yeah. it does this." Whereas, like Kingdom Hearts, you can imagine like the Nomura just, just this is what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's actually a really special case where it's like he's like the Konami. Uh, not yeah, Kojima. He's the he's the Kojima yeah. of like that of Square Enix because, with the exception of fifteen, because I feel like that was in a bit of more trouble uh, yeah. in its transition from thirteen to fifteen. Like Kingdom Hearts, especially no Kingdom Hearts game ever. Like I mean, I, I don't even think fans outside of oh, it'd be cool if the next game does this or blah 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 blah. Like no one ever calls it. No, no one's ever like no one ever thought after Kingdom Hearts two, I'm gonna be playing a multiplayer Kingdom Hearts game. Mm. or there's going to be one where I'm in a computer reliving the first one, or it's like, oh, hey, uh, we're now all parkour now, because why not? We're in a dream. <laughs> and that's one of the things that people love, because it takes these two series and franchises that people totally love and is always doing something different. Yeah. And the thing about Kingdom Hearts as well is that like, you think about how much Final Fantasy has kind of declined in the sentiment, and like there are still a lot of people that are, have positive sentiment, but there's a load of people that have a load of negative sentiment. In my experience with dealing with Kingdom Hearts fans, um, like that, that negativity just doesn't exist. Like, there's still a lot of trust, and they still they're still very hopeful. And not because it's not like that whole Sonic 
mentality where it's like, oh yeah, maybe the next one's gonna be great. It's yeah. like because the next, the last Kingdom Hearts game wasn't bad. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah, like the worst Kingdom Hearts game we've ever had is still better than any other shovelware series, except for. And Recoded. I think that's the whole thing, where, <laughs> because because Nomura had his vision. Like Nomura knows exactly what he's doing with Kingdom Hearts. Like he he knows where he wants to go. Like clearly those games were like experimentation, and if Kingdom Hearts three sucks, then it's going to yeah. be downhill. But the fa- like he knows exactly what the fans want. Like he's so invested in that franchise, and he could mm. already talk about it for days and days and days. And he knows all the intricacies of all the story, like exactly mm. why every single gameplay element has a reason yeah. for being in the game. Whereas, and it doesn't ever like you know people talk about it all the time, but Kingdom Hearts hasn't sold out. No. They don't necessarily care about how much it sells because they know it's going to sell quite well if they focus it at the fan base. Whereas Final Fantasy is kind of like, right, guys, um, right, Final Fantasy Thirteen is coming out. Oh, it's going to be- We've got to sell better than Final Fantasy Seven. We've got to get. We've got to sell more than this. We've got to do more than that. Yeah. We're really reliant on this franchise because we need these sales figures, guys. Come on. Instead of just thinking, oh, well, what what is something cool that we can do new for this time that we haven't done in the past? Yeah, it's like you, you listen to. Whenever I read interviews from Nomura, you can just tell that he loves the franchise so much. Yeah. Whereas you, when it's like interviews with Toriyama, it's always kind of like, yeah, well, we kind of wanted to make a sequel. I don't really know why. I guess because I like lightning. Let's um, throw DLC see, at you. See, that's one of the most exciting aspects about while like like Nomura is going to be stretched drier than anyone can ever imagine making is. fifteen and <laughs> the exact same time. It, it's also super optimistic for that exact same reason. It's it's like the same reason why, with, with exception to a few games, like people are always excited for a Metal Gear because it's going to be something new, different, and you're not expecting it. Yeah. Because like with Final Fantasy, it's kind of arguable to say after ten, we kind of got in this formula. Yes, the games played different, but they all. Ne- but you never kind of had that wow factor like you did back in the day. Yeah. And that's not. And that's not because graphics are getting better, writing and, and all that other crap. No, it's just because creative minds differ. Like as time goes on, and Nomura is clearly shown after eight plus Kingdom Hearts games and a bunch of other creative projects. Like this guy knows how to like. He he he's much more than like belt belts and whistles like we like to make fun <laughs> of. Like he, he knows what, what to do to keep people interested in the game. And as much as it would probably cause him to get wrinkles up and down his entire body, <laughs> I really think keeping him on both series for Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy Fifteen is going to be the best. And even though we haven't really seen too much from either, it's probably at least good to tell we find out something awful. Because, I mean, really, what's the worst project that man has ever done? With that being said, though, I am getting a bit of Nomura sick. Like, I, I, I don't know if anybody else He's is doing the too same, much. But I am getting a bit sick of the style. If only because, like, it's, it's just in everything, isn't it? It's it's every think, single game. It's, like, styled. Yeah, I, I think It Square has Enix that is... Tetsuya Nomura feel. And... I, like even with fifteen, fifteen does yeah, not look like a number. Oh, game it to me. looks so gacked. Oh my gosh, I'm just like gacked, gacked, gacked. Think, but that's just me being negative, Nancy. But yeah. um, regardless, I think I mean I don't know who they could possibly have. I mean I think that a new fresh mind in there could be. Well, that's the big good. thing because they, if you think about um, older Square SquareSoft, obviously like Sakaguchi was leading. But they had no problem with kind of bringing other people in to help out. Obviously, like, Nomura just came up from nowhere. He was promoted from doing, um, like, basic story concepts to doing other stuff. Kataze kind of worked his way up. But then that same group of people have been 
there the whole time. Like, Wait, Daryl, who, what, I always forget his name. Who's Crisis Core guy? Tabata. So I feel, Lauren, I feel like he's the guy you're looking he for. He is, yeah. Like, yeah. His, his success rate on the, um, the, the the PSP and the Vita is, like, amazing. Uh, well, yeah. like, obviously, Type-0. Like, he, he is, like, like Daryl was saying, he's the only new blood since the PS1 era. Exactly. Which is crazy. Exactly. Which yeah. is why I just think that they need, they need a new art designer in there. They need a new, they need new eyes. Because like more, all they've more really girl had, artists. yeah, <laughs> too many dudes. But all they've had is like a mono and because Nomura. it's like you, you, when, when I was watching those kind of the Square Enix behind the square, wherever it was, into the square uh, documentaries, um, like Kitaze just he just seems kind of disheveled. Like it, he he just seems like he, he's been doing it for so long now. Mm. It it must be really hard for him to be so excited about, it. especially because he's in that producer role and he gets all these pressures from he was getting all these pressures from above to like you've got to do this, you've got to yeah. do that. He must be really run down. And it, like, if you think about his transition, he used to be the person making all the creative decisions and getting what he wants, and obviously like the most successful fr- Final Fantasy games in terms of sales and probably critical uh, acclaim have been done by him as the mm. director, and now he's kind of the producer and he's having to oversee. Like imagine like he must know. How how badly received Lightning Returns like yeah. and and that whole kind of series is obviously it's got worse as it's gone on, especially in Japan like they really do not like Lightning Returns. Well, it's it's also super surprising because like it Lightning Returns literally had one batch of DLC. It all came out in Japan. They kind of spread it out for an extra month or so. But besides about seven costumes, that game has had no support. They are, they're sweeping it under the rug. Yeah, they really and it, and it sucks too because they actually had a really good idea for bringing life back into that game even after you've beaten it. I don't know if you guys really followed it, but like their outer world challenges were really good ideas. So yeah. hey, I'm on New Game Plus and I'm going through this. All right, the community has to kill three hundred thousand monsters. If by then, then we get a super awesome costume that can only be used in New Game Plus. I reckon so that the that reason why is just because like there's other games that have done it like Battlefield and that stuff, but the games are really popular I reckon in some ways they might have not done it because they weren't confident they could achieve the numbers and obviously if you make the numbers smaller then it looks embarrassing yeah. well no no the, the, that was the weird thing they always beat the challenges but they only did three maybe they weren't beating them as much as they thought or maybe yeah they- I, I I don't know if like they weren't just getting like the nine like it basically seems as soon as the February MPDs came in they were like we're done next game Yep. Mm. that's what it looks like and it, and it really sucks because there's so many like even Japan even though it sold worse in Japan than it did in North America or the West basically they at least had a little bit more support with like cool things like oh hey you know this really cool photo editor we have like let's have photo contests because so, you can upload them to the site and there were some super creative pictures but no we never had that outside of like someone on Square Enix sometimes saying hey guys yeah. hashtag lightning returns well, like, you think please. about the last two games Square Enix were talking about them quite a lot post-launch. Obviously, like, the, the 13 Part 2, you had all the DLC story episodes, and there was always something mm-hmm. going on with regards to it. But yeah, so, like, that, like there was something new coming out, like, at least every yeah, month. Yeah, since Lightning Returns has come out, I've heard nothing. Yeah. There's been nothing. So, yeah. Although, although, I'm, although if we get a port of that game to PS4, I, I, I don't think that Definitive might be the edition. one thing... <laughs> Seriously, if there is one thing Square Enix could do that would make literally every Final Fantasy fan ask why as they groan, that would be it. It's like, all right, guys, we know why it didn't sell. They well. could do a collection. You, I feel that's the only way it would make sense. Wait a year, 
like 2015 or a uh, Final Fantasy 15 comes out spring. I mean, not spring, like winter for Japan. But we need something for everyone this year, so <laughs> that would be cool. Just do the fact that literally the only JRPG the PS4 and Xbox One have comes out the day you guys are listening to this. Child of Light is the first next-gen RPG. It's been half of a year, and there's one Then RPG. again, like the PS4 yeah. and Xbox One have been really slow with their releases. Yeah. No, they haven't, actually. I I never understand people like, there's not a lot of games. No, there's tons of games. You just gotta look for them. That's the problem. No, but trust me, the, like, the attach rate that people are buying games is good. It's like, literally... With the exception of there's a crappy quiz show on PS4 and RPGs, like almost every other genre, I can name at least two or three things for. Every other genre. Every well, like every other genre besides yeah. j- like RPGs and like game show kind of games. Actually, there aren't any really sports games on any of the consoles. Well, that's basically all up to EA and but, Konami, and, and they release their is like one the a year franchise. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. Well, like, well, that's, the, well, Darryl, that's like, like a whole Darryl. case that they only they only do that in November. You really can't hold it against like the fact that no, sports games come out MLB, once a year. MLB is coming out, that, but the release of that was delayed based on the PS3 and the Vita, so that's not good. Um, you got no, EA no, no. Sports. It was delayed because it's a new engine. That's why. Well, it would have come out. It should have come out on the same day then. Or it should have delayed the other two versions. It's come out a month later. It's not going to make no, anyone buy. It. If anything, it's super smart that they released it first because you're going to get all the people who are huge baseball fans to not MLB buy the PS4 version. No, I know tons of people who bought the PS3 and or Vita version and are like, "Oh my god, this is so great! I can't wait to bring my progress onto the PS4." Because Sony knows that they're like they know their market very many and their people. market. Alright, another bet. Okay, boys. It will be time. Let's move on to the next news story before I cry. We're not even on the news yet. I know. Yeah, I know. You Baseball boys. time. We should move on to the news, though. Yes. Good idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the first news piece is that uh, Sony stole, sold its stake in Square Enix. So Yikes. I think they've had this stake for quite a while, right? Back, back to Dating back to Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Um, this is basically what like helped them get the exclusive. They bought yeah. about yeah. almost ten percent of stock. Yeah. Yeah. So Sony had had well, they basically sold their eight point five eight percent stake in the company and made about twenty eight million pounds in the process, which is about forty million dollars. Um, and everyone's kind of freaking out about it, but it's really like a much ado about nothing. Sony yeah. just need the money. Well, uh, so like we originally talked about it, like oh, it's just a money thing and people shouldn't worry out, which is true. But another thing you should realize, Sony, with the exception of PlayStation, is not doing super well. No. Mm. PlayStation is, like, they sold their New York headquarters, which was this huge building for, like, $1.8 billion last year. Like, Sony is doing whatever they can to make money until everything is basically well, being they've PlayStation they've posted losses for, like, the last good. four or five years, right? Yeah, exactly. Like this is this is maybe going to be the first year, and they don't even know. Like even with the PlayStation doing ridiculously well, they might make even this year, maybe. And that's all about how they do holiday. Yeah, it's just a shame. They've had some horrible things go wrong for them, though. Yeah, but I mean, I think they're finally getting their their uh, crap together. Due to the fact that um, Cause is finally overseeing everything now, Mm. which was a super smart move for them to do. As long as I don't have to buy an Xbox One in order to play a Final Fantasy game, I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, and also, that's a super good point, because everyone was like, oh man, all all faith lost, Final Fantasy XV is going to be worst game ever now. No, it's like, 
Honestly, I think Sony should have sold this stock E3 press conference 2009 or whatever the mm-hmm. Xbox announcement was. Because as soon as Square Enix decided to go multi-platform, which was the right decision, yeah. get, you, you make more money that at way. Least, at like, least with the Xbox 360. I doubt, like, it's funny because, like, with the PlayStation 4, it doesn't seem, <coughs> it doesn't seem like that would be the case anymore. Mm-hmm. It Although, seems like it would be in Square Enix's best interest to sell on the PlayStation 4. Yeah, well, it, it does bring up it happens. does bring up something yeah. an interesting point though, because there is one wild card. X like uh, Phil Spencer, Microsoft's head has said that They're there is a there, <laughs> no 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 there is a JRPG exclusive. They have one JRPG exclusive. No, sorry, not JRPG. One Japanese exclusive for the Xbox One. They're going to reveal mm. and every. I'm thinking it's either going to be a Mistwalker game or a or another Square game. Mm. I don't know. They've I had exclusives so. with everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of like what they really need, and it's like they've on the list of publishers because they just announced that the Xbox it, is coming. It out. wouldn't make sense if it was an RPG because RPGs do terribly on Xbox platforms. But they never. No, their that's lesson. not true. That's not true. Yeah. The the support for it is super bad. You get one really great RPG and then a year of nothing. No, and no, that no. Would be, no. Cause Na- like, name one JRPG that sold well on Xbox. Tales of Vesperia literally sold. It didn't sell- out of. That didn't sell they, very well at all. The PS3 version in Japan outsold all Xbox yes, sales because worldwide. Yes, because there were more because there were more PS3s. But no, that I ga- know there's that ones... game Tales of Vesperia sold Xboxes in Japan. I know that there's ones that are like it there's like ones that are copies, highly um, which was huge for oh back then because the Xbox was like selling like in the thousands. That was great for them. I know there's the two that always come to mind that were like critically acclaimed or whatever like Lost Odyssey is and Lost Blue Odyssey Dragon. And but they Blue didn't Dragon. sell very well either yeah no it, like it is up there like Vesperia is the best but that's probably Japanese because everybody JRPG who wanted a JRPG bought a Playstation 3 yeah and it did so well Spencer that all the Japanese publishers stopped publishing on Xbox yeah Hey, it was not there. It's not Namco's fault that they that they were the only ones who did anything useful with their. Uh, hey, Square with, Enix with supported thing. Microsoft a lot because of the money. Yeah, but all the games are crap, and everyone knew it. But that's Microsoft's fault. No, that's Square's fault. Microsoft, okay. Microsoft is not. Curtain Microsoft call. pays for the publishing. Microsoft has the rights to determine the quality. Curtain Call features new tracks from more spinoffs. <laughs> Business. Fiat Rhythm Final Fantasy Curtain Call will now feature over 200 tracks, but the great thing is that the games outside of the core will now be featured. It's very true. So you get to hear tracks from games like Mystic Quest, yay. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, not advanced though. Oh, oh wait, oh, oh wait, Mystic Quest is in this? Yep. Ew, not yay, Daryl. That's gross. Crystal yep. Chronicles, Advent Children, Crisis Core, which I'm sure a ton of people are excited for, Chocobo's Dungeon, Dissidia, but wh- uh, Dissidia, wouldn't that be every other track from Final Fantasy? <laughs> no, no, no. you know that one, you know that one yeah, yeah, good, yeah. you know that one song? That's the good so song. So the one, <laughs> the one song. <laughs> there's tracks from the both Dissidia's in song from Yeah, there, oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, there are two, one for Dissidia and one for Dissidia <laughs> yeah. Dukakum. Uh, yep, there you go. <laughs> and then Type Zero. Yeah, that's what that's Stuart what all the hardcore Deason. fans call it. Types. No, we all call it Dukakam. Trust so me, people know out there what I'm talking about. There's going to be tracks from Type Zero, so that we can um, even more cry that we don't have that. Um, and thirteen that, two and lightning returns. That's like the biggest kick in the teeth. I know. Oh yeah, guys, you get to have music from a game you've never played. Wee. To be fair, we already have had that in the in the iPhone one. True. 
But yeah. Yeah, most of the stuff that they're porting over into Curtain Call is from the iPhone version of the game, which is a bit. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know how I feel about that, but I guess with the iPhone 1, they can update it. And I, so. did, I did see somewhere I that you can don't. get... I hope they don't, because um, like with that, I feel like the iPhone 1 was such a confusing mess of a game. Yeah. Like, when I got my iPhone, like one of the first things I did was down that. I loved the algorithm. But it was like, the pricing model is so confusing. Mm. It's super really... It's just no, really no, no, bad. What I mean is that they're, they're basically just taking a lot of the stuff they've added into the iPhone version and putting it into Curtain Call. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, the things that they're actually adding are maybe, like, four games tops yeah. that they've announced. Yeah, and, like, the new. two new game modes, the Curtain Call, are, as far as I know, already on the iPhone version. Yeah. Either so, way, I'm excited. It, I'm just love- actually more excited for... A the new the new game soundtracks from spinoffs as well as the fact that um, what is it new new event modes because those were like the best. Yeah. I also heard that there's going to be a Yuffie DLC as well where you can get Yuffie in it, but I don't know if that's still there, the case. There better not be any DLC in mm. this game. This is basically a game of the year edition. <laughs> anyway, so the next news is about Final Fantasy XIV. The Square Enix have announced that it's now past two million registered users. Woo! And they've achieved that, well, they were a million six months ago, so they've gained another million yeah. in the last six months, which is really good. Yeah. Also, the PS4 version is now launched, which means it's probably going to increase even more. Hopefully. Hype train. And patch 2.2 is released, as well as patch 2.25, I believe, Spencer. Mm. In- indeed. Also, important note, uh, two, 2 million users, not 2 million copies sold. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, active paying users, but, in, in like, that's still good, but I need to just put a little bit of, like... Uh, discrepancy on everything due to the fact that like it's important to note that if you have a PS4 and you participated in the beta from the very beginning you were actually offered a free copy of the game that's very true yeah and so that that obviously is going to help but honestly yeah oh yeah but I mean it's still super great news yeah Yeah. I mean like considering as well like Final Fantasy 14 like comparing that to now like it's just it's insane. it's amazing. Like I want I want them to make a movie about like these two games development because <laughs> it is so it is so amazing how far they've come. And also like in the 6 months that have happened and stuff with everything, they've added so much content for yeah. free. They've done such a good job and like everyone loves to like loves to play. I finally resubscribed just to the fact that I like the PS4 version wowed me so much. It got me back into it again. I made a whole new character. And I got two words as the whole reason why. Remote play. Mm. Remote the play. fact that I can... Uh, yeah, and it works crazy well. Mm. Like In the beta, it was hot trash. You couldn't read anything. It was super laggy for whatever reason. But by the time full release came out, it is the exact game that I want. I can like I could be playing it right now. You guys don't even know. I'm probably leveling up. <laughs> well, either way, we need to start talking about the next thing. Because we talked for like 40 minutes on that first topic. Final Whoa. Fantasy what 15 yep. and Kingdom Hearts 3 are rumored for E3 appearance. They I'm are. Sorry, you're taking too long. Jace! Jace! <laughs> so Matsuda said that there's, they're the two games that should be able to make an appearance. And that's what, what should be able. What kind of quote is that? It was like, oh, we might. I don't know. They we should might have a trailer. Be able to. No, they have to be. Excuse what else would they pants. have? They don't really have anything, do they? It's oh, oh, sorry, point. guys. We are forgetting... The, cool. the floor buster of Square Enix's arsenal this summer. Murdered Soul Suspect. Oh, wait, but that's going to be out before E3, isn't it? Nope, coming out after E3. <laughs> oh, dear. They, push, they, they, pushed it, they pushed it back. So to they like, have something the, to talk about E3. Yep, <laughs> that, I'm now calling it. Uh, all right, now yeah, we're so moving that's... on to our burning question. Yes, we are. 
So for our burning question, which is in our fill-in segment this episode, we asked you guys, which have you spent more time playing, Lightning Returns or the Final Fantasy X and X2 HD Collection? And, well, we'll read some responses first. So the first one is from Doe and Hughes on Facebook, who said he's been playing Lightning Returns a lot more. He's pumped in 150 plus hours and he's got the platinum and everything. Good that boy. Is respectable. Five stars. And now yours taking the next one, Spencer. Uh, at Atkin Sam said, only played a few hours of Lightning Returns so far. God the Platinum on Final Fantasy X HD. I hope that means God. I yeah, think, I, I think th- so. The <laughs> my God he, the Platinum he, he in Final it. Fantasy X HD he in 110 hours. I think getting yeah, that um, in 110 hours is pretty good going. Yeah. Yeah, Th- yeah, I was going to say, that is a very, very respectable. You didn't use that. any of that, you know, cheap um, Yojimbo crap, did you? It could have taken me that long to just get the lightning trophy. Nah. All right, this next one is from Gavla Blanco on Twitter, who says, um, Final Fantasy X HD so far, but want to try Lightning Returns. I, th- I think that was actually super good, but I, I wish some of these people would say where they're playing it on, because I-, I have a feeling more people are playing this on Vita, as they should. And PS3. That's the best way to play it. Not Xbox 360. Oh, sorry, I meant just for 10. 10 HD, I, mean. I know what you meant. I was just... Uh, She's just playing some are you Daryl, are you trying to confirm Lightning Returns coming to Vita? Yes, it should do. Remote <laughs> play. On the PS4 edition. Oh, damn. <laughs> we're, dro- we're, we're dropping exclusives <laughs> so, left and right. The next one is from Mikhail Gonzalez on Facebook. He said, Final Fantasy X HD. Yes. Hundreds of, hundreds of hours playing Blitzball. No regrets. And you shouldn't have any. <sighs> Blitzball is amazing. Although I don't think I could play it for 100 hours. I'm sorry. I, I Lauren is a liar with her pants constantly on fire. Oh, my God. Well, I made the horrible mistake of forgetting about like free agents and where to get them and um, <laughs> currently the Guado Glories are kicking my ass with Wedge and I'm just like it's okay I hate at you. least you're not me who's like very open about hating Blitzball and like I will get messages sent to me on Twitter every now and then people just sending me their like Blitzball scores of like how they're like the champions by like get- hundreds of scores above anyone else and like see not so hard now is it and I'm like still sucks stop rubbing it in <laughs> i'm i i don't do very badly but um yeah even still it's your turn again all right Spencer. well all right well the next one comes from excalibur edge on twitter he said final fantasy 10 10 2 hd for the win as he should i tried the lightning returns demo but wasn't impressed enough to buy it which i think has been a sentiment shared by a lot of people but as spencer and i would attest you should buy it and try it and you will be more impressed hmm I don't know. That demo was actually very, very telling of if you would like it or not. No. No? Don't agree. Okay, we disagree. Because <laughs> I hated the first hour or so of that game. Mm. He's relieving. I loved it all. He's relieving. Yeah, we the know you loved it all, now. Spencer. Okay, this next one is from underscore blinded by light on Twitter, who says, Definitely the remasters. I've spent over 200 hours on both combined. That is uh, very, very commendable. I'm, I'm wondering if anyone out there has done like everything in that game yet like literally because like even platinum in them like platinuming isn't even it like i'm talking about like you did everything from like you got everything needed to get 100 percent completion in 10 10 2 and then the final mission because final mission is basically a third game mm. that game is crazy long mm. is that is that related to the platinum it is. There are tr- there are trophies for 10 2 that, in- that involve you uh, re- reaching all the way to uh a certain point, but I don't think beating it. I could be wrong, though. 
That's quite un- that's quite unfair. Either way, I haven't even moved. No, on. that's a that's no, a but good you've reason. You've got to be penance to get there. Also, Daryl, yeah. Square Enix is literally the meanest people when it comes to trophies. No, they're not. I've been... No, they're not. Disgaea is the meanest game ever. <laughs> no, Disgaea is just a mean game in general. I'm talking just trophies. I think there's like, a lot I've of been trying to Platinum games. Kingdom Hearts. The fact that I have to beat every difficulty on its own is retarded. Actually, you say that, but Earth Defense Force is horrible. Mm. There are like 92 I've not, missions. I've, not actually, I've actually not played Earth Defense Force. There, well, I mean, I'm sorry. The, I played it. I've not actually looked there, at the there's, trophies. There's no, there's no kind of inheritance on the trophies. And there's four difficulties and 95 missions on each difficulty, and each mission but, takes. Yeah, about but do 10 the minutes. difficulties stack? No. Oh, okay. Then f that. Yeah. I would f actually that. argue to say that most multiplayer games probably have the hardest ones, especially when you have to be a certain. Well, if you can't rank. get them anymore. <laughs> yes, I would Shut say the that. Those Ram- Rambo are the hard. video game. <laughs> I would say that those are harder. Right. So that's the burning question out of the way. Which time have we spent more time playing? What about you, Spencer? I think you, you're the one that's played both of them the most. Um undoubtedly uh, would have to be Final Fantasy just due to the fact that it's on my Vita. Wait, like, wait, can... Final Fantasy? Out of out of both games. The most oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry, the yeah. 10, 10. I, I, when, I th- when I said Vita, I wanted you all to just assume you knew what I meant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've yes, been playing t- 10 more. is the one I've spent the most with, although I, I have this bad habit of I want to get farther in 2, but then I'll accidentally hop into Last Mission and we'll end up playing that more. I think it's just to the fact that I've never played Last Mission. Yeah. yeah. And and it's the it's most the new. And I, yeah. And I, but I love roguelikes too. I guess it's so the same as well with like people with in ten like doing the Dark Aeons in this, yeah. in the North America. Oh, I hate them. Yeah. Daryl's like old them. news. Yeah, it's not new. They are absolute pain in the ass. They're gray Aeons to me now. I kind of wish that they didn't exist now, but. Oh well. Oh, you're fine. Hopefully. Yeah, I've I've spent more time playing Lightning Returns, and Lauren has spent more time playing Final Fantasy X. Should we Should we uh, see who can get the platinum on ten first? New. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, the, I I bet episode one hundred will come before we're even close to reaching a platinum on that Lauren's game. Lauren's got quite close. Yeah, I'm just trying to level up at the moment. It's the hardest. It's the most. It's not the hardest thing. It's just the most annoying thing. I, I just don't like it. But I, I'm I'm getting there. Yeah. Anyway, now it's time to move on to the questions. Whee! Do you want to take the first one, Laura? Sure. This one is Nerdy Dan Deman, who asks, What are your thoughts on Final Fantasy Four? My thought is that it's okay. And that is it. Yeah. I'd say it out of the... Uh, well, if we're bracketing them, so Nez... Ne- if, we, if I take Nez out of this and say Snez and Beyond, I'd say... Well, when I'm saying beyond here, I'm I'm um, stopping after ten as well. <laughs> Daryl, I am I'm clenched with rage. That small bracket that there. I'd I'd say it's probably my least favorite out of those six. Oh my god. Um, oh my god. What is wrong with you? What, what do you think it's better than then? Four four is four is almost better than six in my opinion. Four is amazing. Like it in like four and six are like on equal levels of like top tier Final Fantasy. And they're better classics. than the other. And they're better than the other four. Hands down, five, five, five and below get freaking floored by four. I wasn't every saying time. five and below. Five and up. Well, I know. Well, even up, I would say I would say four is well better than seven, eight, nine, seven. And mm, yeah, I'd say it, it's probably. Four, six, and eight are all kind of tied with me. Nothing, nothing against nine. Nine's like very close. But if I had to make only three, those would be the one. 
Interesting, because I'm pretty sure you've said that your favorite game is not any of those before. No, my favorite. I told I've told you. Uh, no, last time we did a favorite, which was probably like a year and a half ago. Favorite or changes. Not. Um, no, my favorite actually changed due to the HD remix. Like, uh, leading up to 10, I was getting more and more excited and was kind of a value. Because the longest time, if people remember, 8 was my favorite. Because it was like my first, it was my Final Fantasy 7. And after the more time I was playing with the 10 leading up to the HD release and then still playing it, I've overall found that it's my favorite as of now and yes Daryl my favorite can change I'm a, I'm a human being so therefore that means that 4 is potentially 3rd or 4th on your list mm. well if we're, I thought we were not counting 10 though. no 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 I said 4 and up oh so everything up so yeah. everything counts there so, uh, then, we, then we get then we get a little more then we get a little more uh, shady and then we're going to be talking for like 20 minutes that's so why I was saying I, in, in my opinion it's I'd say it's on par with 5 but I prefer 6, 7, 8, 9 and 10 to 4 I'm just saying, Final Fantasy IV, the complete collection on PSP, probably one of the best PSP games. But um, no, I, I I enjoyed it. Like that's the whole thing. Like any game prior to twelve, because twelve is when it starts to get a bit gray for me. Um, they're all like fantastic games. It's just like, which do you like more? I I think four. The the reason I like it, and just to like wrap up my point real quick, it's like that comfort food. It's like, I've played it so many times, I can literally run through the whole game in, like, a day and a half. And it's great to just, like, go through all these, like, amazing points and, like, returning to all these characters and stuff. It, it's fantastic. What about you, Lauren? Um, <laughs> I don't know. What's Final Fantasy IV again? What am I on this podcast? <laughs> She's whispering at me. and I, I'm getting confused now. Um, she says she likes it. Yeah. Cecil is her favorite character ever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that one. <laughs> what is this? Part of, part of what? Is, is, that the, is that the one with the bird? He goes, woo. <laughs> right, anyway. So next question. Yeah. Um, this is from Shady Legend 23 who says, If you could make a change to any Final Fantasy hero or villain, what would the change be and why? Um, Kuja and his bikini because it makes me uncomfortable. Oh my god, you guys are an- <laughs> it's like you guys are answering these in ways you know that make me want to punch my computer. <laughs> Why do you like his bankini? I love this bankini. Spencer, Kuja's this mankini. is probably going to say a lot of stuff about you that yeah. you don't want anyone to know. His little pouch. I I am an I am an I am as open as his mankini. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do I do love him. I I yeah. It was mostly just said to be funny, but... Um, Does that mean you love Borat? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Borat. But Very no, nice. I mean, the only thing that... Well, I don't know. I guess if there's anything I could change, I would wanted, I would have wanted to see more of Seymour in Final Fantasy X. Hmm. So, for me, this is a bit of an interesting one because of villains. So, to me, Cooch is one of those grey areas where he's not a villain as such and I don't think I'd really want to change anything about him I'd want to change people like Necron because I want them to be relevant mm. like what the hell I wanted to know more about Genova probably yeah a lot of, well Genova's a lot in that it's kind of like the lore is you have to kind of research and yeah but I would want to see it I wouldn't want to have to read it I would want to see it I'm a very visual person yeah, because Final Fantasy VII, see well, it's, kind of, it's detailed in the greater mythology, like Crisis Core and all that stuff. But mm. 
in Final Fantasy VII, they don't really tell you much about Genova at all. You don't see yeah. her kicking. They, they needed to make five more games for us to try and compensate. Yeah. Mm. Well, my, mine is kind of like a toss-up between two. Um, well, I guess technically four, but you'll see what I mean in a second. Is from Final Fantasy VII. I really wanted to know more about the origin of Kadaj and his gang. Mm. Like, I feel like there is a lot untold about them that, like, we could have, like, even a whole nother freaking game just about them. As well as the fact, like, how, I don't know, like, I, I liked whenever they interacted with anyone. Like, they were great with each other. They were great in fight scenes. They, they, they were just, like, very interesting, very different characters from the whole series. Yeah. And that was one of, like, my favorite parts. And another one talking about very different Final Fantasy VII characters. Like, I think I literally... All of my favorite Final Fantasy VII characters are more highlighted in spinoffs or movies than the yeah. main game. Um, it would be Genesis. And I think many people have said this before, like, so many people want to know more about Genesis, but we never will. They need to have that extra game. The one that what was would heavily hit. What would it be called? It was the one... Endless Crisis. It was the one that... There we go, Yeah. <laughs> That always sounds like some fanfic you made up, Daryl. Yeah, probably could be. I didn't make Darryl, it up. Daryl, you want to make, make, make some fanfiction for I us? I didn't make it up. We can read it on the next episode. <laughs> I'd probably want more of the Turks. I mean, I know we get them in um, Crisis Core. They, they had their yeah, whole game, the whole Lauren. Game. I know, but I want more. Before Crisis, jeez. I want more. Bust out your Japanese cell phone already. I Why don't you give more. it the times? Well, they should, they should port it over to something that I can actually play. They, they did, and it ended up becoming Crisis Core. Gosh, how dare they? It's not Crisis <laughs> No, that's how, that uh, Crisis Core came out of a before Crisis port. Oh well, I want more. They, they, but the but the guy making the game did such a great job. They, like Nomura was like, forget that boring game, make a better one. I want. Like, Rudo, you got a boss, and I want Rude. And his name was Tabata. Um, yeah, him too. I will never remember that man's name. Um, I don't want to focus on Zack. I want to focus we, on Reno and Rude. Can we talk about how bad Bartandalus was, and he should be made more of a villain? I Actually, that's Rick. one thing. Minerva, like that, needs some explaining. Hmm. I'm sorry, I'm still thinking about main Keenies. I'm now imagining every main villain from Final Fantasy in Kuja's main Keenie. I love how we're ignoring the fact that um, the other part of the question is Final Fantasy hero. What about Vaughn? He wasn't the hero. <laughs> he wasn't he, he was a glorified well, side yes. character. Technically, anyone that is a playable character is a hero, yeah. quote-unquote. Um, in he had, Final he Fantasy. Had old, he had an entire spin-off game. Hmm. And uh, Pinello... But what he and Penelo are the main characters in that, basically. I would change Cecil's son so he's not such a whiny cloud. I would change Yuna so that she's not such a little brat who doesn't tell people what she's thinking. But that makes people get angry. It makes me angry. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's not good. It's good. She doesn't tell anybody what she's thinking. She just does. And it's just like, oh my god, stop being a little brat. Can we change the emotions of most of the Final Fantasy Thirteen cast? Oh, 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 oh. oh, Final Fantasy Thirteen jokes, good one. <laughs> so original. Actually, can we? Hey, what next? Can Let's we, make can fun we just of remove Sarah battle system from Thirteen T and just have the game about Noel instead? Yeah. I I just like I've said many 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 times, and I will always say, if we had to remake the Thirteen, it, all it would be is no. Noel, no Noel, Snow. Hope driving around, picking up chicks, and going into battle. <laughs> That'd be the whole game. It'd be great. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's how. That's what we, we clearly care much more about the villains that, in bikinis than we do the heroes. That, that's what we change. A Freya game would be pretty awesome, in my opinion. 
Really they could just love have a game Freya. about dragoons. Yeah. I think they're so That's cool. It's not called Legend of Dragoon. Yeah. I was about to say, does Panzer Dragoon count? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Sweet game, bro. Well, technically, you could just make a dragoon in 14, and that's your game. Uh, anyway, so that's the end of the episode now. We've got the music coming up, which is an arrangement of The Price of Freedom from Crisis Core. Yay, Crisis Core. Yeah. Um, and it's someone mm. called uh, Jacka016 on YouTube who's done an arrangement. What does it sound like if it was basically in Final Fantasy VII? And it's really cool. It does sound like it just came out of Final Fantasy VII. Hmm. So the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled for the 27th of May, which is just before E3. So there's probably going to be plenty of rumors to talk about. Whee. Or E3 we can train. just talk about Murdered Soul Suspect. You know, I think we should do that. Yeah. We really should. Like, I, I'm just so intrigued to find out, like, how did I die? And, like, these bullet holes in me? Oh, and it's next gen, so you're going to be, like, walking through doors, but other doors won't work. They want to explain, oh, this mystery. It's really, like, I don't know if you know, Daryl, the hardest mystery of all is to solve your own murder. It's very true. Mm. It's very hard. Because mm. you didn't see it happen. Nope. Um, so, yeah, if you want to find out about A3 Predictions and more, you can subscribe to the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union podcast on iTunes. If you just search for Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts, we are the number one podcast. Um, also, if you want to rate us, um, that's go for it. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Um, Five-star reviews only, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you, you, you can tell us how bad the show is, but, but just make sure star. it's a five-star review. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, the uh, comment on the show uh, on Facebook, Twitter, on the forums, everywhere. Yeah. Tumblr? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're on ffunion.tumblr.com. And, and of course, you can catch every episode of the podcast as well as all the latest news coverage from FinalFantasyUnion.com. And that's it. Bye, everyone. Bye. We're also doing a lot more no, features on FinalFantasyUnion.com. So we're doing like a cosplay spotlight and fan art spotlight. So if you guys have any cosplayer fan art that you'd like to submit to the site and we can feature them um just email me at lauren at gamingunion.net and um i'll post them up for you yeah and now you two can say goodbye bye that cookie did not make the show <laughs> and i'm daryl saying goodbye this has been a tweaksmusic.com and finalfantasyunion.com production Thank you.